Notes from Greenelsh number 112 Gain freedom at the cross In righteous indignation over a series of race-related incidents, including the preventable death of George Floyd at the hands of police, people in America and worldwide are seeking justice, equality, unity, and healing. Like all sin, racism steals, kills, and destroys. Many people recognize how cruel and wrong racism is and feel compelled to urge reform. Jesus instructed each of us to treat others the way we want to be treated. Imagine how much better the world would be if we each did that. We need to seek God's forgiveness and healing as a nation when we haven't done that. And moving forward, we need His help to do so every day as individuals, families, organizations, schools, businesses, communities, and all types of government. Racism is an example of how America is struggling to live out its founding principles. These encompass life, liberty, justice, representative government that protects and serves, God-given rights for all people, and the pursuit of happiness. Core to these principles is the ideal of freedom. Many African Americans and other minorities don't feel free. They feel held back, held down, passed over, taken from or sent away. As I stated earlier, we need to fix that. Eliminating racism will begin to free more people. While it's a step in the right direction, we need to move even farther. We all desire freedom, yet we can never fully attain it without knowing the one who grants freedom, God. True freedom is not the ability to do anything you want, whenever you want. That's not realistic, because your, quote, freedom will inevitably infringe on the freedom of someone else, and vice versa. Although it sounds paradoxical, true freedom involves obeying rules. These rules aren't shackles to liberty. They are keys that remove the shackles to a full and joyful life. Sports are a good example of freedom requirements. Players are free to compete to the best of their abilities. Yet the game is not completely free. It has rules, boundaries, and structure in order for the players to enjoy the sport and have a fair opportunity to excel. So in that line of thinking, many people would say, freedom is living your own life, your own way, as long as it doesn't hurt someone else. While this approach has elements of freedom, it still holds you back from experiencing the abundant life God designed for you. Your soul deeply longs to love God and be loved by God, the one who created you. Only by following God's design are you free to live. You might find this offensive and confining. But consider the wisdom in it, and take care not to be deceived like Adam and Eve in Eden. Out of love, God created Adam and Eve, 
the first man and woman, and gave them the earth and all that was in it. They had everything they needed and wanted. They lived freely in harmony with God and creation by following God in his design. But one day, the serpent convinced them to doubt their freedom. He said they weren't truly free because God was holding them back by commanding them not to eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. Earlier, God had given them this command because if they ate from that particular tree, they would die. The serpent deceived them into thinking that disobeying God would lead to freedom. He encouraged them to eat from the forbidden tree in order to have their eyes opened and their knowledge expanded. Adam and Eve bought that lie and chose to disobey God. Tragically, instead of leading to freedom, their rebellion brought bondage for them and all of the human race. They lost their innocence, felt guilt and shame for the first time, were cast out of the glorious Garden of Eden, abdicated their earthly sovereignty, severed their relationship with God, degraded the relationship between each other, and subjected all of creation to death, pain, and suffering. Every human being since Adam and Eve tends to choose their way instead of God's. Yet only when we obey God is there freedom. Disobeying God brings bondage. The Bible teaches that left to ourselves, we are actually slaves to sin, prone to please ourselves over God and others. It pins us down and slowly kills us. In contrast, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He could make that claim because he alone is the savior of the world. Disobedience, bondage, and death came because of Adam. Obedience, salvation, and freedom come through Jesus. He is God who became a man to pay the ransom for our rebellion and make a way for us to live. The Apostle Paul explains this. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, Adam, how much more did God's grace in the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. We see this freedom principle at work in the nation of Israel. They were chosen by God to represent him in loving obedience, so all nations would come to know and love God. Tragically, Throughout history, they have repeatedly failed to do this. For instance, when they moved from Canaan to Egypt during widespread famine, they were free. But over time, they followed the pagan Egyptians more than they followed God. Eventually, they became oppressed slaves. They turned to God for help, and he miraculously delivered them 
he freed them to return to Canaan to inherit the land he had given them. But out of fear, they did not trust that God could or would fulfill his promise. In refusing to accept his gift of freedom, they were restricted to wander the wilderness until they learned to trust and obey God. After Israel finally entered the promised land, they experienced freedom and victory when they obeyed God, and they underwent suffering and defeat when they disobeyed. This pattern continued. Israel enjoyed freedom when they followed God under righteous kings, and they floundered and deteriorated when they followed themselves, evil kings, and false gods. Eventually, disobedience even divided the nation. Later, Assyria destroyed northern Israel. Then Babylon conquered southern Israel and took most of the people captive. After 70 years, Israel returned to God and was able to return to their land. But their bondage continued when they disobeyed, even bringing oppression under Roman rule. In 1st century AD, God sent Jesus to liberate Israel. But as a nation, they rejected their Messiah. They crucified him instead of following him. Rejecting God, they attempted to liberate themselves, and amidst violent uprising, over a million Jews were killed. Rome then leveled the temple in Jerusalem and dispersed the nation. Centuries later, in 1948, God brought Israel back from all over the world to the land he gave them. Currently, as a nation, Israel is struggling to trust God more than themselves. Fortunately, the Bible prophesies that in the future, a remnant will embrace Jesus as their Savior and fully obey God. In what ways are you like Israel? Do you struggle to trust and obey God? Do you suffer from the bondage of selfishness, stubbornness, pride, greed, idolatry, depression, oppression, hatred, envy, anger, anxiety, discord, bitterness, vengeance, stress, hopelessness, addiction? unwise choices, or unhealthy relationships? You can be set free by surrendering your way to God's way. His way is hopeful and purposeful, marked by truth, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Obedience frees you instead of shackling you. It opens up God's opportunities. Following Jesus involves joyfully getting to, not reluctantly having to. It all begins at the cross, where heaven and earth meet, and the way to God and the way of God is opened up for anyone who believes. You can enter into God's family learn to royally serve, and enjoy eternal life. At the cross, Jesus humbly, obediently, gave up his innocent life to pay for your rebellion against God 
and save you from bondage and death. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He offers his kingdom to all who will receive it. While ministering on earth, he proclaimed to everyone, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. He is calling you to the cross, where you can accept his full and everlasting life in exchange for your broken one. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. A wise proverb reveals the benefit of humbly yielding in faithful obedience. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. True freedom is found at the cross, where you die to your way of doing things and allow God to transform you to really live, love, and serve. Don't get caught in the trap of trying to save your life on your own. Instead, find freedom in giving your life to God. Jesus said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Find your greatest pleasure in pleasing God and you will be more free than you have ever been. Then you can point other people to Jesus and his freedom from the shackles of racism and every other form of sin's slavery. And just a postscript, church folk from College Church in Wheaton sings a classic hymn, Alas and Did My Savior Bleed. It's available on YouTube. It captures the precious sacrifice of Jesus to lovingly liberate us and encourages us to respond in kind.